0: Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com.
1: All right, everybody, we want to welcome you. This is the Global Watch International Call. It is February 23rd, 6 a.m. No. 3 p.m. Excuse me. Let's do this again. It's February 22nd, 3 p.m. Jerusalem time. This hour is the Israel Watch with our very own Karen Davis leading. And today we have a special guest leading by the name of Lynette and who Karen is going to introduce. But I'm going to just pray a blessing over both of you and then we'll go right to it. Father, I just thank you for Karen I thank you for Lynette. We just bless these two mighty women in the name of the Lord. And in the name of Yeshua, we are so thankful for them. We're so thankful, Lord, because we know that behind who they are is you and a lifelong commitment to you, a a deep passion and a steadfastness that will not relent. And so we just bless that in the name of the Lord. We are thankful that your favor surrounds them as with a shield We are just thankful, and we just pray for godly wisdom every single day, wisdom that comes from above. We are thankful for renewed strength in them, and we declare over them, no weapon formed against them will prosper. That means that there's no physical illness, no problems with any kind of attacks, that Lord, you're their protector, you're their shield, and we just declare that there's a wall of fire around them that the enemy cannot penetrate. And we just declare that they would have joy and peace in believing and would abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. All right, Karen, over to you.
2: Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome, everybody. Today is Rosh Chodesh Adar. We just entered Rosh Chodesh last night on the Erev. And this is the 12th month in the biblical year. And today we have Lynette. I know you've all been waiting for part two of what she did. uh, I think it was about a month ago, right? Yeah. A little over a month ago, and it, we thought it'd be a great day for her to actually share the, the fullness of the in-depth study that she's been doing for so many years. And But last night, as a congregation, some of you may have watched our, we had our live stream of the Rosh Chodesh celebration, which is always a, a worship night where we can step into the presence of the Lord in a special way. We step in all the time, but it is an open time of open heaven, and Lynette's going to talk more about that. But I, I do want to start with... worship as we always do. And I just, I know that all of us uh, have been so moved by what we're seeing from Asbury, and I have a lot of, I have some very close friends that are there, and we're all seeing clips that are coming across, and last night I just happened to see one where they were singing Yeshua, Yeshua, and it just, it made me cry, but I know it's the really the longing of all of our hearts. I heard one of the, actually the Messianic Jew that gave the message that launched, that was right before they broke out of this revival. I heard him say something about, we don't, you don't need to go to Asbury. To touch the hem of His garment, <laughs> wow. and we want to be able to do that right now, even right now, wherever we are. Hallelujah, Lord. We can't all get on flights, and in fact, they're closing the auditorium to outsiders. Uh, I think for classes to go back. And but, Lord, we know, Lord, that you have. There is such a longing in our hearts to seek Your face, oh God. Yeah. Hallelujah, Lord. All across Your global body. Shara ba 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 shikara.
0: Thank you for the privilege of just opening your word and may our hearts burn within us as it just becomes alive in us by your power. Alone your name I pray. Amen. So welcome back to those of you who saw me. That was January 11 So that was 111. And now this is 2.22. So there's no 333. So I guess this is it. Uh there's no way that I can really review. All that went on in the last session, but it's recorded. So I encourage you to go back to that if you're jumping in now, partway through our scriptures. And in the chat is again the full, all the scriptures that's been used throughout the whole study. So you have those in the chat already. So I'll start with last night because it was a special thing. We were turning off the road to go up toward Mount Carmel, and here in the sky was this tiny sliver of the new moon and we were we're just seeing it it appeared briefly in the western horizon on this hemisphere so i don't know where it is down there (laughs) where some of the rest of you are but anyway the moon was there and it's a testimony of light that just darkness cannot stop the light and it's that light that breaks through after three days of being gone and all of a sudden it comes out and it just says light breaks the darkness. And so it was just a reminder of that. That's been the new beginnings that we can always share with others, the hope that we have not just new years, but we have new beginnings in the month. And it's a blessing. And it's part of our history as we embrace this biblical journey that we've already been partway on together. In ancient times, what actually happened in Jerusalem is two witnesses would see that tiny sliver. They'd come to Jerusalem. And they would share that that it's true the new moon is here and then up on the top of the mount of olives where interestingly enough our lord ascended and he is returning on that very place they would light a fire and that fire would go from mountain to mountain so we know it hit mount carmel that would keep us all on the same calendar because it unites the people to be on the same calendar and so that was important no iphones no calendars written calendars but that was the way they spread the message that it's a new month and that fire would be up on there it's interesting to look at that and know that there's power as we unite on the same time in a regular way and as we shared last time the new month is a god-made appointment with you and me, and us together corporately. It's a call to come together. It's a corporate gathering. And so I'll just go over a few points from last time so we're not just jumping in where we left off and we can refresh our memories if that's needed. Some of you might be wondering, again, if you didn't see the first part one, what this is, my background, (laughs) no, it's not my wall in my room, but it is a copy of the relief that's inside the Arch of Titus in Rome. It was made to declare and celebrate the destruction of jerusalem i don't put it there as a joyful celebration i put it there as a declaration that as i looked at it on my screen what it is it's all going the opposite direction it's coming back and we're coming bringing back what the enemy stole of an understanding of israel's place in god's purposes That it had Jerusalem has not been replaced by Rome, our Heavenly Father has not been reduced, replaced by a pope and on, and so the menorah is there. And many people have don't understand what that little, those little lines right there that I'm pointing to. Those are two silver trumpets, and they marked time. And so when God's people were on the same time you know, on Shabbat, when you're in Jerusalem, you'll hear a blast that comes out like the sound of a trumpet. And it says that Shabbat is coming. It blasts out in those of us who are understanding that joyful sound of God's appointed times. And it happens on on Shabbat and the new moon and on the feast, according to Numbers 10. So the new moon is a God-made appointment with us. It's forever. And so we want to get back what was robbed because it's not just a Jewish thing. It is really part of our, we got a lot of kingdom. we got a lot of rabbinic tradition that it's extra biblical and we don't want to go there. We have a lot of, unfortunately, Christian tradition and that's not biblical either. But there are some kingdom traditions we got to get a hold of because they run all the way through and they unite us as that one new man of and Gentile united in him. And can celebrate it and don't feel like you're doing a jewish thing but you're not a jew you know, and it causes a confusion but we can recapture our kingdom traditions and really and recapture them because they're biblical and that's the purpose of going line upon line i have just laid i watched foundations here and it takes more time getting digging the foundation than sometimes building really huge buildings because our foundations are really important. So we've just been going line upon line to see the foundations, biblical foundations of this feast. So when we observe it and we begin to celebrate it, we do it with our understanding and not just what's in there. So I'm doing it. We capture it and understand the part that, whoa, I'm taking this back and I'm going to get people doing this with me because it is Not just something God said, so I should do it. It's something that we would all want to be a part of as we've been brought into the redemption story by the precious blood of the lamb. So that was one of the things from the beginning. I said time and the lamb are intricately connected. We cannot separate them. He was a lamb, as Revelation tells us. He's a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And every tribe and tongue and nation in the end is going to come singing one thing. Worthy is the lamb. So that timing of God connected with time on earth and on heaven is critical. We can't separate that. And it is about alignment. Remember, I brought my little, what do you call that, um, show and tell thing that lets people see the alignment that literally happens. I'm trying to get it in the right place here. Sorry, I didn't practice good enough. It is the sun there we go there's the sun the moon and the earth those are lined back up 12 times a year when it cycles around one two three four it goes around 12 months in a year and every time they're in this line where the sun the moon and the earth are lined up like that's a real notice it's an alignment it's alignment in the heaven and that's an open heaven literally physically those things are aligned. In fact, only on a Rosh Hodesh is there ever a solar eclipse. It only happens on a Rosh Hodesh. That's when it's a perfect alignment. And then it actually cuts out the sun from the earth.
1: That's an alignment.
0: We're aligning us ourselves with the Lamb and with God's call. On it. it is an open heaven, like I said, because of that alignment that literally is one. We're not asking for one. Every month he makes an appointment because the heavens are open. And prophets throughout, I listed the scriptures, many times the prophets understood that and they would holler out on the first day of the month, the spirit of the Lord said to me. And and so we know that those are times in which God is ready to speak with us. And we want to come as watchmen and intercessors, hearing what's on God's heart as we open the gates of a new month. One gate closes and one gate opens and one gate closes. It's a circle. It's a cycle. It's not a straight line. And so that that cycle goes on and on that very time where one is ending and one is beginning. We stand in the gate of that month and open the gates that the king of glory might come in. We open the gates in the spirit realm to declare what's on God's heart and listen what's on his heart and release it. Into the months to come, we know what happened in the months to come. In the month of Adar, this month, we know historically, this is the huge events, the main events of the story of Esther was during this month. And so you anticipate, even as I think Dalia wrote in her post as they celebrated the Rosh Hodish a couple of days ago, she talked about the joy that we have of God's final destruction of Amalek who was, Haman was an Agagite, which is of the tribe of Amalek, and God promised Moses on the mountain that he would, that would be the last enemy that would be destroyed forever. And we're going here and we do it as an honor to our creator. He created the earth, just as I showed you. Man cannot say that days now begin at midnight because God said they begin at sunset. Days, weeks, have no significant, or Sunday is now the first of the week, instead of Sunday is always the first of the week, and now it's a different day, Monday, and all these things that have been changed, because man stood up to our creator, and said, I think I have a better idea, and so we want to be in honor of our creator, who made it very clear that he created the moon for signs, and for seasons, right there, Genesis 1 14, it's there, he made it as one that would rule the nighttime, and one that determines Moedim, the appointed times where we have an appointment with God, morning and evening, Shabbat, new moon, and the feast. Many people know about the feast. We've all heard about Shabbat, but this one has been robbed from us, hidden. It's actually cut out. If you take away the moon out of your calendar, your solar system, then you don't have any understanding of that part of God's creation. And it was literally put into the hands of Israel as they came out of Egypt in the Exodus. And that's when the new moon calendar in Israel's timing was was established. So we have also then, because of that, of him bringing Israel out, that is the beginning of the journey of the bridal procession. This is the procession that started when he brought his people out He brought his people out as a husband, says to us in Jeremiah 31. And this is when at Passover, at that last time, when he says, take a lamb. This is the first year months. Take a lamb because that blood of the lamb marks my people through history all the way to the throne. We're on a journey to the throne. It wasn't just a journey out. It wasn't just a journey into this land. But in this land, he establishes his throne because it is a journey of the bride to the throne. And it gives us the privilege of keeping that longing for the bride fresh. The bridegroom is coming, keeps it fresh every month. He's coming. He's coming. Just the moon is going to come out of the darkness. It's coming. It's coming. I know it's a journey of faith and hope because we know that it's coming and it puts that desire and freshness in that journey because sometimes the journey gets weary and we have a gift. It's not a have to, it's not a duty, but there's purpose in it. So the cycle in it also in Jeremiah 31, we all know the scripture that that he made a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of and with Judah and Israel, and it would be a new covenant and they would all know him from the least to the greatest. And they would know that their sins are forgiven and iniquities. This is all review. I'm just pulling out some of the main parts. The next verse, we can't stop right there because the next verse tells us that as long as you see those cycles of the moon and the stars, that's as long as Israel exists before me as a nation. That is a sign of that also the covenant that he, in the only time in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, that it says about a new covenant and he seals that and steals that promise with those ordnance in the sky, every time that moon comes around, we stand before God, before heaven and hell and Amalek, and say, Israel exists before him as a nation, we're not worshiping the moon, we're not worshiping shofars and silver trumpets, we are worshiping the lamb who was slain from the foundation, who is alive and on the earth, and is coming back in all of his glory, when we, who was, who is to come, that's what we do on the Rosh We're linking into the this has been going through history and we have something to do in the meantime as we join in. The story didn't begin with the awesome work of Christ on the cross. It didn't begin there and that wasn't the end of the story either. That story began and we get to link in with something that's before our grafting in and yet it has a purpose. So it's a it gives us that identity and it gives us a destiny and it gives us a big family to be a part of because it's all of us. It, we need all of us in this journey of the Lamb. So then we ended with a wonderful reminder that on one year to the day of when he brought Israel out, Exodus 40, because I I told everybody, go ahead, check out these verses because if I'm mistaken, I'd want someone to say in Exodus 40. God had an exact precise time he wanted them to put the tabernacle up. It wasn't on the 12th day of the whatever month. It was on the 1st day of the month on the, on the 1st of the month, the 1st day, the 2nd, just after the one year after they came out, he said put it up. They were now not as slaves, they had an identity. He was in the center. Their lives were revolving around him just like the earth and the moon were revolving around the sun. And they were a people meant to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And that was the time the glory fell. And that happens all through history is his glory is revealed through a people who understand we are a kingdom, a a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, a peculiar people bought by the blood to show forth the praises of him who brought us out of darkness into his light just like the moon he brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light that's who we are that's the part of the story we get to be a part of as we partner with him he needs partners because he has intended from the beginning that his glory would fill the earth as the waters cover the sea that's our calling and that's our responsibility so Scripture references, again, are in the chat, and I'm going down from the ones I've already been through. That would be through all the ones about the moon and beginning down the Rosh Chodesh till we get to Numbers 28. So history has gone on. God's people knew they had a calendar, and I'm going to go then through the rest of the scriptures so we can see how does this connect. We know it's a covenant thing. We know it's a covenant alignment. made that covenant with Israel. He keeps his covenant with Israel. But I want you to see that this is very much connected with us as a kingdom of priests and when they got to Jerusalem they set up the temple and davidic worship was established and so this is david we know he didn't build the temple but he was our worshipper who brought back the ark of his presence who established it there who established levites and priests to worship the lord and in first chronicles 23 it says and he gathered together all the leaders and priests and levites They had a purpose, they were going to stand and thank and praise the Lord every evening and morning, and in every presentation of that burnt offering to the Lord on Shabbat, New Moon, and the feast by number of the governing order that He made. That's First Chronicles 23. So then He hikes the ball to Solomon and says, I don't get to do it, you're doing it. So, Second Chronicles 2 4, Solomon calls up to Hiram up in in, because he needs materials and he says to him I'm building a temple for this name of our awesome God to dedicate him we're going to burn this incense to him for continual showbread burnt offerings evening and morning and Shabbat new moon the feast again same order same thing all involved no new moon is not part of Leviticus 23 but we have all those that are continually reminded throughout the Bible as significant appointments. You don't know when Passover is if you don't have the new moon. You don't know when the feasts are. if there's no. It's like this gird upon which everything came. And so we can't ignore that because it was a time to stop, line back up, line back, get your eyes back on me, get your eyes back on... Israel's part of my plans. Get your eyes on me and just worship me. Okay, that happened with Solomon. He said it, he told them, these are set feasts for our Lord from our Lord, and it's forever. It's an ordinance forever. We got to do it forever. He understood. Second Chronicles 5, 1 through 7 is when he did it. And it was, do you remember? That's when the trumpeters and the musicians blew and they were of one voice. And what happened? the glory of God fell again. And we see sorry, it's kind of like, I don't have automation, so I have to be animated. Hannah is laughing at me. So I had to see that, but it's beautiful. It's a beautiful story. And you see them starting that in the feast, the feast of trumpets is the seven, Godlike sevens. So on the seventh month, you blow trumpets all day. All day long is the feast of trumpets. And that's the feast that's bringing in the last, and final group of celebrations and feasts so that is when the final dedication of the temple was and it was glorious and it was worship and praise and shouting and joy and loud and music and that's what we're getting ourselves into as a kingdom of priests same chronicles 8 12 to 20 12 to 14 again solomon is it's talking about him offering these he built the altar according to the daily rate by the commandment of moses shabbat new moon and the three appointed yearly feasts unleavened bread weeks and tabernacles according to what his father showed him and so you go back to moses to david there was purpose in the journey then it was coming here to be established as these priests and Levites are gonna praise our God and thank him. And so, as God, as so David, the man of God had commanded, this was a command, it was honored for generation after generation. Jewish thing, not just people of God thing, yes, count us in by the blood of the Lamb, grafted in to this amazing history. Second Chronicles 29, we know these stories. Here we've read them a lot. You know about when Hezekiah came to the temple and God stirs his heart, awakens him. You've got to clean this temple. It's a mess. You know, when he did it? On the first day of the month, he went in there. And that's on the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors on the house of the Lord and repaired them. When worship and a people of God have been established as priests to establish them or to re-establishment it always includes the Shabbat, New Moon, and the Feast, Shabbat, and the morning and evening, so Shabbat, New Moon, and the Feast, Shabbat, New Moon, God has a rhythm, like we saw in the clip that I had included, God has a beautiful rhythm of heaven, that it is a joy to be a part of, and it it, it is unseemingly to be out of sync with the rhythm of God, and yet Many of our things are out of sync, and we just sometimes haven't known someone just erased it out of our appointment there. And we're getting it back and we're bringing it into lovers and followers of the Lamb so that they get back on God's timetable because He's never verged from that timetable. He's on it, He is right on, knows what He's doing because He has purposed it from creation. So they began to sanctify. Hezekiah began to sanctify on the first day of the first month, the temple of God, when it was time, there were timings and God's people lined back up, got back into order and they did it. So he appointed recently, then second Chronicles, excuse me, (coughs) 31, he appointed the priests and Levites and according to their divisions and everything, just like we know about Zechariah and Elizabeth, same thing. There were times when everybody went in and they did it. And he put them in order to give thanks to praise in the gates of the Lord and to do it on Shabbat, new moon, and the feast. Again, he declared, we have appointments with our God and we are serious about keeping them. So I'm showing you the time that worship and the house of God and our calling as a kingdom of priests is restored. It always included resetting our time, getting back. was well, asking, what, what time is it? And you, I don't know. You know, that old song, come, now is the time to worship. That is echoed out on even the Rosh Hodesh. It's time to worship our king. Okay, so we know that. We know Hezekiah. We know all those things. Let's go to Ezra. Ezra. When the seventh this is Ezra 3. When the seventh month had come, the children of Israel were in cities, and he gathered them together. It's often a common theme. Gather together, to worship on that day praise and thanks it's a for people who need repeating <laughs> and so we see it repeated enough until we go ah i get it this is it so we hear that in ezra he gathered the people together as one man beautiful and he brought them there he rebuilt they rebuilt the altar they were offering bird offerings morning and evening They kept the Feast of Tabernacles, verse five says, and afterwards they offered the regular burnt offering and those for the new moon for the appointed feasts of the Lord. This is even before the temple was done. They had the altar and they go, whoa, we know what goes on and when it goes. It's not good enough to do our things in our time. This is God's plan. It is his calendar. It's his way. And we're gonna do it that way, not just as robots, But as in honor of our king, in honor of our creator, in honor of our redemption story that we're by a part of, by his grace and by his blood. So here again, he rebuilt it and he again affirmed when we do these things, why we're doing them, unto whom we're doing it, what we're doing, we're worshiping, we're just offering the best offerings we can. And from the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer those burnt offerings to the Lord even though the foundation of the temple was not laid. That's in Ezra 3. Ezra was a man, a scribe of the word of God. And I want you to know that when it was time for him to come back, Ezra 7, 9 tells some very interesting facts that on the first day of the first month, that is the new year. That is the day when God said to, to Israel back, as passover was going to be instituted for them and he was going to get them out of egypt on the first day of the first month ezra began his journey from babylon and then do you know he just happened to make sure we knew that on the first day of the fifth month he got to jerusalem it was like he knew god's word he knew the importance of this time in god's reestablishment, and he was like I'm going to be on target. I'm hitting it on the mark. I'm not just leaving Babylon because they say it's time to go. I'm leaving on a set time because it was an honor. It was getting us back like that word alignment. If ever we've heard it, but what is it about? It is a physical thing that I showed you in the heavens, but it's a real spiritual thing for us to be aligned with God's ordained cycle of time as a law. No as a joy, because we see how much it's connected to and how much then we get to be connected to past, but also future. And it helps us to stand like Fred prayed steadfast, like having done all stand. Why? Because you understand what you're a part of and how you got into this amazing story and where we're going is we're going and every tribe and tongue and nations is going to be before the throne and his glory is going to cover the earth. And so we keep this in mind. We retell it. We re- refocus every month, not out of habit, not out of duty, but out of a zeal that keeps us longing for his return. Today, we're one month closer to his return than we were last month and we're going on because we have a king who's reigning, who's in control. And I'm watching my time because I want to at least get through these. Okay. So I know I get excited because there aren't too many people that have been interested here. And I'm so thankful for lovers of the lamb and a group of people who said, Count me into God's purposes. And I'm willing, like Ruth, to say, Your God is my God, your people are my people, and your calendar is my calendar, and I'll leave everything behind that's kept me from being a part and seeing your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. This is part of it because he's going to bring everything into a kingdom alignment by those who recognize it and leave all and pay a costly commitment to enter into his timing, as Esther said, for such a time as this. So we're on this. Nehemiah, remember, the joy of the Lord is your strength. They gathered together. Do you know when that was? Guess what, folks? Rosh Hodesh. <laughs> it was a Rosh Hodesh. They did that. Most of us have no idea because, and we know those scriptures. I know all of you have read that about Nehemiah and they read the scriptures and the people started weeping and what we haven't done. He goes, stop it. This is a joyful day because we've heard God's word and we're realigning to God's timetable and God's purposes. And we're getting back a hold of it. And that's when Nehemiah did it. Significant, I think, Holy Spirit let us know some of these times were in there so that when we finally woke up and grabbed it back and said, we're tired of getting stolen from and being on the wrong time clock. It's like here being in Israel and I live by the time clock over in New York City. It's silly, isn't it? I want to be on his time. So that's Nehemiah. And then as Nehemiah is saying at the end and talking about it, he talks about in Nehemiah 10, and he again says the same thing. Repetition is always good because it's in the word. It's right there. He says, I've got the, I'm have got; i providing for the showbread, the grain offering, the burnt offering on Shabbat, new moon and the feast, for the holy things, for all the work of the house of God. God's house is a place of worship. It's a place where he comes and inhabits, is enthroned upon our praises. Ah, this is covenant. This is kingdom. And this is his throne. Psalms 81 says, sing aloud, make a joyful shout, which is a true which is what trumpets and people shouting and shofars, that's the sound they make. Raise a song, strike a hymn, blow the trumpet at the time of the new moon that's there i want to move on that so i hope you're getting a picture of this is throughout the scripture it's not just one little thing we go over here and so now we try to get everybody hyped up to do the new moon this is a very biblical thing it is a solid foundation upon which a wonderful journey of the bride is on and we just haven't been made aware. no one took the time To get back what the enemy stole from us. And think that we as lovers of Yeshua in the Gentile world can get him coming back without. It's like having an altar without fire. You you need the altar, but you need the fire. The fire needs the altar and the altar needs that fire. We need both the biblical foundations that Israel has carried for all these years. But they need the fire of the Holy Spirit that comes and makes our God so real to us. So I want to take you to a very beautiful portion in Ezekiel 46. Ezekiel 46 is a prophecy of the new temple that's going to be all the we know all in Ezekiel. Now, we also know the glory departed, but there was a promise of the glory coming back. And in Ezekiel 46 is a wonderful thing because people say, well, what do we do on the Rosh Hodesh? How do we do this? There aren't, They're not special foods. I'll tell you that one, except for, I think, one that we might want to incorporate. But in Ezekiel 46, there's a wonderful time that he describes. And he says, the gateway of the inner court that faces toward the east shall be sh- shut six working days. But on the Sabbath, it's open. And on the day of the new moon, it shall be open. The prince is going to enter the way of the vestibule by gateway of the outside. He'll stand at the gatepost and the priests are going to prepare all these offerings and peace offerings and he will worship at the threshold of that gate. And he will go out, but the gate will not be shut until evening. And likewise, the people of the land shall worship at the entrance of this gateway before the Lord on the Sabbath and the new moon. On the day of the new moon, It's more offerings than on this Sabbath. And it is something that we do. We worship on the new moon. It's very clear in Ezekiel. I want you to think about that because he said he was very specific that it was about the worship that was going to stand at the east, at the gate that went to the east. At the gate that went to the east in Ezekiel 43, we hear that he brought him to the east gate and the glory of God came from the way of the east and his voice was like the sound of many waters and the earth shone with his glory this is the gate in which that worship goes on and it says it was the appearance of the vision was it came and it was like when he was at the river kibar when the glory left but now this is when the glory comes back and worship is restored and the glory of the lord came into the temple by way of the gate that faces toward the east That is just precisely where this Ezekiel 46 starts in saying at the gate of the east, there's worship that happens every day. What happens at that gate? The spirit of the Lord, the glory came into the temple and the spirit of the Lord lifted him up and let him know, son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet where I will dwell with Israel In the midst of Israel forever. We're talking about his throne. We're talking covenant and kingdom. This is a covenant celebration, it's a covenant alignment, but this is a kingdom one that's about his throne. And so that's the East Gate where the glory came. 46 talks about this prince and the people worship all day on the Shabbat and on the new moon. In fact, it isn't even closed, it leaves it open for worship all day. And then, do you remember? Where does that river of healing come that's to the ankles and to the knees? That is the gate that goes to the healing of the nation. That's Ezekiel 47, and it goes out of the eastern gate. 46 restores the new moon worship and Shabbat worship. And all of a sudden, out of that same gate comes a river of life and healing for the nations. So just to let you know, God has made it pretty clear that this has a foundation in his word for us that when we get a hold of it we won't want to miss it because it's for all of us we know that he promised israel to be a kingdom of priests but in in peter also he in 1 peter 2 he says that you will be a kingdom of priests a royal priesthood this is his priesthood and that's who we are welcome to be a part of this simply by the blood of the lamb. And I'm looking for a <laughs> printout that I thought I had. Hold on. Sorry, it's very precious because it has to do, here it is, sorry. This has to do in Isaiah 66. This is the last chapter of Isaiah. This is the one book that was found when Israel was becoming a nation. And I want you to hear What he promises at the very end of the book of Isaiah, he says it shall be that I will gather all nations in tongue and they will come and see my glory and I will set a sign among them and I will send it to the nations. And it says in the places where they have not heard my fame or seen my glory and they shall declare my glory among the Gentiles and they will bring your brethren as an offering to the Lord from all the nations they will bring them to Jerusalem. And I will also take of some of them and make them for priests and Levites. For a new heavens and a new earth, well, I will make will remain before me. And your descendants and your name will remain. And that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come and worship before me. This is our destiny as a kingdom of priests. This is That thing that at the very end of the book of Isaiah, the one book that comes in its entirety from the Dead Sea Scrolls, history, just want to make sure every chapter was in. And that's the last chapter of the last book that tells us we also will be taken as kings and priests to bring forth his glory in the earth. And we will do it at God's established times. So we've run through this. We've seen it. We've seen that he has signs and seasons. There are prophetic visitations that happen at this time. Trumpets began creation with Job saying, where were you when I laid the foundation? And all the angels shouted. They did a true We laid the foundations and shouts and singings. And we know he's a lamb slain from the foundation. And yet we know that trumpets from Matthew 24 and 1 Corinthians 15 First Thessalonians, we know that at the last trump, the seventh angel is going to blow the seventh trumpet. And what are they going to say? The kingdoms of this world that become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And so we're connecting with true with shouts of joy and praises and trumpets and shofars. Not just because we're a trumpet blower, a shofar blower. It's because every time we do that, We're declaring the time cycles of God and the purposes of God to be the lamb who was. And now, in the meantime, between the one who was and the one who's coming, we keep echoing forth the call and the time beat of heaven to bring forth our king in all of his glory. So that's the seasons, the past, the future, the prophetic things that occur on that and i just want to leave it open for anyone as we look back we've laid a solid foundation we have a few minutes to end it but i want to just then say we've gone through her we know what it is it's the new moon we know when it is very specific time when the moon has gone around by the way if you look at a funny funny calendars and they say there's two new moons guess what it's not true It is a head of a month, and there is only one head, and that's the first day of the month. It's It has to do with people making things complicated about the fact that the cycle is only 29 days and 11 and a half days, so hours. So the biblical foundation, we know what, we know when, we know who, and who does it, who gets to be a part the by the blood of the lamb it's a covenant and kingdom thing we know where just like someone said we don't have to go to asbury to come before the throne or to link into this journey of the lamb and why we do it i think has be hopefully become more clear to you than ever this is a call to all of us to at this time embrace something that's been stolen from the church, from the understanding. And also we want to do it as an act of repentance, because this is the very root of anti-Semitism. The church said, God has shown us a better way in the Nicene Creed. God has shown us a better way. And he made Sundays and he made a solar calendar and we don't need the moon. We don't need Israel. We're the people of God. And everything started from them. So when we celebrate the Rosh Hodesh, it is a tangible act of repentance it's not just words it's like we're saying i am on god's established calendar i choose god's ways god's calendar and it's an act of repentance for the church's pride and anti-semitism that created a separate calendar and separate traditions and i'm not wanting to put down the church or anything i'm just saying it's time that we call a spade a spade in the ace and say we got traditions that aren't biblical And I went back and I laid a foundation of a biblical calendar because we can jump in or we can just say, but sorry, my calendar is my calendar. We'll send them together. We can't do it. It's an act of repentance that's to us if we want to be a part of strategic prophetic alignment that we need to do in order to get ready for his return. He's waiting for us to partner on earth. What he needs is a few partners that say, count me in. We do it together. We do it with purpose. We do it with an ax that just cuts that down. We do it with aligning with the lamb who was, who is to come. It's an act of reconciliation to reconnect with Israel. And we've asked, like Susan said at the beginning, ask for the old ways. Ask for the, ancient, the good paths and walk in them. And when you hear the trumpet, will you follow it? Will you get in line with the rhythm of heaven? And it's also proclaiming our corporate identity. We have a corporate identity and a destiny as a kingdom of priests that praise and worship our King. And excuse me, it also is a gift for us to keep alive our longing for his return. Sometimes that has faded away and it's not a have to, It's like the Shabbat. Oh, I have to rest. Oh, I just stop everything and rest. What is the new moon? It's come on, get your eyes back on me. There are things that want to get our eyes off him. We're busy with this. And this one's just for him. The face of the moon, remember how it turns just to the sun and the things of earth are behind, not your ministry, not your anything. This day is for you. And you give the king a day to just be in his face to face and say, one day. We're going to see you face to face in all of your glory. So it's a it's embracing our corporate identity and jumping in with all the praise and worship that he's worthy of. It is it, it is partnering with God's plan and purposes for Israel and standing for her to enter into that new covenant promise in Jeremiah 31, that they will know him and they will know their sins forgiven, and we know. The only way sins are forgiven are by that precious blood of the lamb, where they came out under the lamb on the doorposts, They came out by eating lamb that night, but there's a lamb that they have yet to eat. And that's why I said, one of the things about how it's not told us how, but remember when he gave us the way to remember him was not with a cross. It was a new covenant meal. And he said, remember my death till I come. And I think of all time, and he says, do this in remembrance as often as you do it. He didn't tell us when. Some people do it every day. But I think one of the things we might want to incorporate it, because it's part of that new covenant promise in Jeremiah 31, it's part of standing with Israel saying, Israel exists before you as a nation. And we say, we're in here because of the new covenant in the blood of the lamb. And we take that meal in honor of our king and of our lamb who was and celebrated one who is and is to come that's our story that's where we've been that's where we're going that's who we are this is when we're going to do it and i hope it it brings you as much joy as it has to me of just sharing it with a bunch of wonderful people who are intercessors and watch people and watchmen on the walls and we have much to look forward to So I'm just opening up for a comment or a prayer. I know Karen had to leave. So Susan or Fred, if you think we should close it with prayer. I actually think
3: right now I feel convicted that everybody get their elements. And Lynette, if you could lead us in communion. This is Rosh it is, And so it's an appropriate way to start this for the watch. We are going to be highlighting that this year and trying to relay that foundation. And I really agree with you, Lynette, that relaying foundations is, <laughs> is incredibly hard once they're lost and, mm-hmm. but God can do it when it, and I believe this is his time. He's awakening us up to the importance of this. And I, this is, I have a question though, maybe in the meantime, while we'll people get their elements, when do you start the celebration of Rosh Kodesh? Is it like the 3 p.m. watch, the evening sacrifice, or to the evening sacrifice? It's, is it it's a 24-hour it's, thing? It's the evening.
0: It's from evening to evening.
3: So it's not so that like would be. That's why we time. had it
0: last night, from sundown to this sundown. So it's 4 o'clock here, so still the Rosh Kodesh. It's interesting
3: that when we are in Israel, the Shabbat is the start of
0: Rosh Kodesh. Right, that Friday night is the beginning Beginning. of, yeah, so that's why I said, oh, you weren't on last time. So I said, you guys are coming for a double duty because you get Shabbat and the new moon on the same day. So it's like a double blessing that night. And so we will be worshiping in your hotel with the group that night as to enter in not just to Shabbat, but also because we know he brought you here for that specific time. So, does everyone have their elements? Sorry, pour this into a cup. Lord, we just thank you for the joy of being brought into the awesome ways and purposes of our God. And Lord, we just thank you for your bread and your body that, that was broken for us. Thank you that you're faithful, like you told Abraham, you said, God will provide a lamb. And thank you that you did at Pesach, a lamb for each household. But thank you that you did again at Passover for the nations of the world. And so together we take the symbol that was given to us with thanks, with joy, and with great celebration for the lamb who was, the lamb who is. And the Lamb who is to come. And Lord, we thank you for on this day we can just put our eyes upon you and just say, keep our eyes turned upon you, that we might be those who follow you and welcome you back in all of your glory. <inaudible> who poured out the blood of the Lamb, our atonement, and who brought forth the fruit of the vine. But this is. It is more than just wine. It is the blood of the lamb. We take it in remembrance of you until you come. So we say to life, chaim." amen. And he took the bread and he broke it. And as they do every Shabbat, they have bread and wine, not knowing it is in remembrance of you. And yet we take it, Lord, on this Rosh Chodesh, knowing this is a time for us to just say, count us in to the journey of the lamb. And as the bride of the lamb, one new man, Jew and Gentile. And Lord, we just thank you that we're a part of it because you are broken for us. That you are the fulfillment of the lamb that our father had promised Abraham. I'm going to provide a lamb like you've never dreamed. And it will be the way in which you will be a blessing to all the families of the earth. Lord, for all the families, we thank you. Thank you who gave us blessed are you O Lord our God King of the universe who gave us Yeshua the bread of life brought forth the fruit of that bread from the earth Amen I'd like to bless you with a close and that is my friend and I are going to blow our two silver trumpets as in remembrance Declaration that we've gone back and Rome and those that thought they had conquered Jerusalem and destroyed it have not destroyed either her calendar or God's or Israel's purpose in God's plan. So we'll get both here. Amen. Mm -hmm. Until we we meet here in Israel. Bless you, Rosh Hodesh Samea. Uh
3: Thank you, Lynette. God bless you, and may this be a seal upon our hearts as we pursue this restoration journey. <laughs> God Amen. bless you. Amen. Let's turn off our mics, and God bless each other. Come
4: on. God
0: bless. You. Thank you, Lynette.
4: Thank you, Lynette. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you. Bless so you. Bless you. you.